All right, Marky, when the only tool you have is a hammer, everything else looks like a nail. Patrick Hammer is going to join us here. Pat, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Thank you for having me, man. Oh, no problem. This is awesome. So Patrick Hammer is the chief meteorologist from Channel 2 WGR. He has a seal of approval, the member of the American Meteorological Society, and he's a USC grad. How are you, Pat? I'm good. I'm good. We we don't have a special handshake in that society. Don't worry. It's just, just, uh, you know, one of those, you know. It's like when you when you're an attorney, you got to pass the bar. You got to be one of these seal holders to, mm-hmm. you know, be called a meteorologist. So, so Pat grew up in San Francisco, Mark. Uh, big Giants, 49er fan. Yeah, you know, I yes, I mean, I was a um, a huge Giants fan, and and especially 49ers. And and I grew up in the era of Joe Montana, Joe Montana to Jerry Rice or Dwight Clark. And that was the, you know, that was the era of just like all you do is win Super Bowls. You know, I think they won four in that span. Uh, and then it became Steve Young. And and uh, I just kind of was used to a win, <laughs> a winning team. Um, but then my career has been somewhat nomadic. So I've kind of always embraced the team of the town I lived in. But the easiest team to uh, get behind and we can talk about this later of course is the buffalo bills but yeah a huge 49ers fan big uh, giants fan uh when you grow up in san francisco uh, the a's and the raiders don't mean as much to you really um the uh even though the raiders had a historic you know stint with john madden and kenny stabler in the 70s they just they you know you i don't know they were on the other side of the bay you just yeah. didn't give them much attention right so you you go to USC. When do you decide you want to get into the weather? Well, I went. I, I wanted to get into weather since I was a kid. Okay, now San Francisco isn't known for its extreme weather, but still, you can have this passion. And when I went to uh, college, USC did not have a pro, uh, a, you know, a major in meteorology, but they had a, a geography department. So I worked as a you know like a teaching assistant in the geography department. So you're gonna think like I was a total nerd. Well. Eight hours a day, I was like a fraternity guy, did all those things. But for like three hours a day, I was like this like sciencey guy. So I took all the courses that I could take in meteorology from USC. But um, yeah, that was a fun school. Even though I graduated, uh, we're coming up on the what, the 27th anniversary of uh, the Rodney King riots. Remember that? Oh, yeah. That was going on right around USC, right at graduation. It was crazy. Yeah, you did. You didn't want to take a no, semi to graduation house for sure. <laughs> Do you remember that? Florence oh. and Normandy, Reginald Denny was Yeah, his name. Reginald Denny. We couldn't believe, like, we were watching that from the fraternity I was in, Beta Theta Pi, and we're watching this going, that's like six blocks away. And we're like, what's happening? And that night was like martial law, and, and we were evacuated the next day. I never understood why he just couldn't put his foot on the gas. It kept going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but they just, you saw them, they went and grabbed him out, and then they, these aerial shots are them throwing, like, bricks at him, and, uh, oh, it was, oh, just, Yeah, it was an awful just time. Just thinking about that gives me the chills. Yeah, so was uh, your fraternity have a secret handshake? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Lots of secrets. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, Greek life isn't for everyone, and it depends on what school you go to. But at USC, Greek life was kind of a big deal, and it's kind of what a lot of people did. And it was great. I loved every moment of it. What do you think of what's going on now with uh, oh Aunt gosh. Becky? With the with the bribing of getting in, kids that into USC? Is, Isn't it strange? It's strange. And the thing is, is that 
USC is very tied into Los Angeles. It's very tied into kind of old money Los Angeles. Um, I wasn't one of those rich kids, but there were a lot of rich kids there. And um, I it, it, it puts, a, you know, I don't think obviously the school wasn't in the know, but it's terrible. I mean, to think that these these, you know, people with money had the influence to get their kids into school above somebody else who's far more deserving is sick. Yeah, it um, is. And I feel bad for the, the student who maybe didn't know their parents were doing this. I don't know. But it's not a great look. I will say, though, that I guess the, the chancellor of USC, when this all broke, had the daughter of Laura Laughlin on his yacht. Oh. And the minute he found out, get off my boat. Yeah. And like he docked the boat because he was like, she was a friend of his daughter, blah, blah, blah. The point is, I know that USC is taking a hit for this, but also a very hard stand. Like this is unacceptable. But yeah, USC is like, this. you hear about all these schools, but USC seems to make the top of the list. What, what kind of student were you? I was okay. I mean, I, I was, I, you know, I was a B student. I, I, well, I mean, I, I, I got into USC, which, you know, is, uh, it's not like getting into an Ivy League school, but um, I mean, it was hard. And, but I, I mean, I, I was good at the subjects that I cared about, but I, I wasn't an academic all star by any stretch. <laughs> so after college, you, you shoot over to Chico, California. Yeah. Well, yeah, well I, when I graduated from college, I kind of dabbled in a few other things, but I always had this passion to get into weather. In fact, I was working at my grandparents had a clothing store in San Francisco for forever and i one day i just got up to went up to my grandfather who ran the place and said i i I gotta go i gotta pursue this weather thing he's like what are you talking about but all my friends and family knew that i was into it so yeah i went to chico which was a uh at the time a a great little college town in northern california i think in 1989 or 88 it was ranked the number one party school in the country so when i got there in 96 I thought I'd stay for like six months and then move on to the next market. Well, four years later, <laughs> I'm still there because I'm having the time of my life, right? I bet. I'm kind of having a second go around of the college lifestyle. And, and, and of course, took, I was the chief meteorologist there, took it very seriously, but it was also socially a lot of fun. And I mean, it's it's a pretty simple place to be a weatherman, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's I mean, gonna it's gonna drizzle a little it's bit. Gonna it's rain. gonna be 70, yeah. 65. Well, in, in the interior part of California, which is where that was, it got really hot in the summer. But you were also very close to the mountains, so you could talk about Sierra snow and skiing. But yeah, the weather here is, I mean, this is where you want to be. Right? This this is the I call this the Super Bowl of weather. This is where <laughs> is a weatherman. You know, when I got the call and I was in Minnesota at the time, I was like, no way. Because well, <laughs> the weather here is so fascinating. Yeah, you're like Prince to Rick James. There, just, I would say, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Prince was pretty much the, the I mean, the icon of Minnesota's music scene. Uh, we had, uh, we had uh, Leroy <laughs> Caldwell Johnson, uh, Rick James's brother on the program. Oh, yeah. And he's just like, why isn't anybody like honoring my brother here? Like. Nobody does. Not like Prince. Prince there is Prince like God. Prince is a God. But and there's other great bands from here that um, uh, there's a great jam band called uh, I can't pronounce it, but it's Aquius. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, they um, are. Uh, you've got, of course, uh, I, I was from Rochester. Turquoise is always around here. I want to see him. Mo yeah. Mo was based Mo out of here. Mo was based out of here. 
Yeah, if if you're into the jacuzzi jazz thing, you've got Spyro Gyros. I think they're from here, or Rochester. Yeah, Chuck, Chuck Mangione. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, one of my heroes. <laughs> so we're we're bouncing around. You yeah. then you go to Albuquerque. That's Al- another simple yeah. weather place. Yeah, <laughs> it's what do they say? Well. Albuquerque gets what do they get 14 inches of rain a year that isn't much but then you say well it is the day they get it yeah <laughs> because, but there too you get a lot of landscape a lot of mountains uh New Mexico is a beautiful place uh but yeah weather wise it wasn't terribly and, interesting. and what year are you in uh Seattle Washington I was in Seattle from uh, 2003 to 2005 so the the tail end of the the music scene there I would think. yeah I mean yeah the grunge scene had kind of faded but still, Nirvana and Pearl Jam were considered, you know, huge, uh, still, and still are, mm-hmm. icons of that music scene. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was uh, I'm trying to think, you know, sports-wise, the, 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 the Seahawks and the uh, Mariners weren't doing anything special. But it was kind of just a, a nondescript time to be there. As much, though, I will say I absolutely loved Seattle. It's gorgeous. And the Heard weather that. there is pretty challenging too. It's just gray a lot, you know. I Seattle's one of those places that if eight million people would no, a billion people would live there if the sun were out and you could in the mountains are it's just spectacular, but it's just gray so many days it's of the depressing. year. Depressing. And you know, we talk about our great summers, which we have here. They have some good summer days, but the, <laughs> even in the summer they have a lot of clouds and dreariness, so yeah, they stole our twelfth man thing. Oh my god! Oh god! And that was ours. I know it's on the wall. I know, and and they well because their their football stadium is built like a taco. You know, it goes like straight <laughs> up, so yeah. inevitably it's really loud in there. But come on, yeah, oh, yeah I hear you. So then we're we're heading home uh, to San Francisco. Yeah, nineteen seventy six was the last snowfall. I did a little homework. Here. That's right. In <laughs> fact, I remember it because I was in kindergarten. And um, there was snow in the city, and it was like, you know, freak out crazy. Because you got to remember, it doesn't get that cold in, in San Francisco, but thank God, because there's so many steep hills. Imagine if there was ice. Um, but yeah, that was a pretty, pretty special day. I remember it vividly. <laughs> but yeah, I went back. I'm, I'm from there. Then I got a job at the uh, Fox affiliate there. And then it was kind of an inner off. It was an intercompany move. I was at the Cox, that's the ownership group station in Seattle. I moved to San Francisco. And I was newly married at the time, and all my friends and family were in San Francisco. And my wife is like, okay, this is your world. What about our world? Yeah. We need to create a world together. So we, I made a, a, a decision to, to leave there and, and start kind of a new married life in a, in a neutral yeah. city, which was uh, we went from there to Minneapolis. In Minneapolis, I always call it the wilder buffalo, as for the winters. Cause... They, yeah, they don't get, they're a lot colder. Yeah. But, oh, I, I don't know if I would agree with that. Because really? they we get far more snow than they get there. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they're, they're, their winters could be harsher in terms of sustained cold. But, I'm sorry, you put up a good lake effect snow to any one of their snowstorms, and our winters are far more interesting than theirs but yeah it's the cold i mean you can go five days in a row where you don't go above zero so that's pretty harsh yeah yeah well the actual process of call, calling the weather how has it changed 
Well, we have a, a lot more tools to use, uh, not only just radar satellites and all that stuff, but these complex computer models. And 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 sometimes you got to get away from that. You gotta you gotta look. And I don't want, I don't mean to sound like. You look very. I'm like a guy right that now. like takes a, a clump of dirt from the the ashen <laughs> earth and throws it into the air and just the direction the or the, the the sand blows. I can tell you when it's going to rain in a week. <laughs> but you got to look at the weather. You can't just look at these computer models that everybody has access to. The, 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 it's changed. We have a, we're a lot more accurate. But that's what keeps us in business is that we're not totally accurate. I mean, we get thrown curveballs all the time, and it's it's tough. I mean, especially here with so much. To consider whether it's the landmass, the the lake, of course, source regions of air from all over the place, and and uh, you can there's a there's the bust potential here is pretty high, you know what I mean? <laughs> where things can and especially with lake effect and deciding where the heavy snow bands are going to set up, it's 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 tricky. So when you when you get to Buffalo, does Danny Wegman sit you down and say, "All right, Hammer, here's the way it goes. We scare people to go into the store and buy everything off the shelves." <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. I, uh, yeah, that's funny. I, it's, speaking of, I was at Wegman's yesterday and I saw, um, what's his name? Um, oh my gosh, I'm having a mental. Who's our second year uh, linebacker? Edmonds. Oh, Edmonds. Tremaine. Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, he is. The, a, a specimen of a human, which he is the most physically built person I've ever seen. Really? And I saw him at Wegmans anyway. Were you checking uh, out his carrot? We're like, how do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do here? Dude, if you go and get the uh, cheese broccoli soup and a baguette, I'm going to be ticked off. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Um, He's just got no, a thing he, he went up to like the the you know the the hot food section and was loading up his you know. But I'm like, this guy is. He was incredibly physically fit. Yeah, because you probably think of him as like a, you know a pro athlete, but he's a kid. So he's, he's like going he's in there. He didn't 20. want to cook. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he was born five minutes ago. I mean, and and here he is, almost 21, and he's he's. I mean, his potential, his ceiling is so high. Like, Amazing. Big yeah. things from the Bills. So, yeah. how does Buffalo start? How does it come on under your radar? Well, I was working uh, in Minneapolis uh, for about 10 years at one station, and then. Uh, left that station, and then I was freelancing from WGRZ's sister station in um, Minneapolis, uh, CARE 11, and, but that was kind of a temporary thing. But through that, there was, uh, you know, the news director here at the time uh, had an opening for a meteorologist, so my name got passed to him, and I got a call one day, <clears throat> and it was actually almost exactly four years ago. And... Um, and uh, was, you know, my wife was a little indifferent at first, um, but then I came out for the, the interview and was, was sold hook, line, I, I, this sounds cliche, but it's, um, I was not only the, the news director himself, the people here, but the city, it was not what I expected. And I was like, where do I sign? So as an outsider, you look at it like we are the city of good neighbors. Absolutely. In, in fact, it's almost the, op like in Minneapolis, it, great place. But there's almost this feeling of like, what are you doing here? You're yeah. not from here. Uh, yeah. It's a very provincial place, but it's closed. It's like if you're not connected, you're on the outside looking in. Whereas here, they're like, welcome. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Oh, you're what? What? What brings you to Buffalo? In Minneapolis, they could care less, you know. But here, I mean, there was a real feeling of like being a part of, and and uh, it was. I, I got that right away. We, I think. The, the hard part with us is when you get here, if you say there's nothing to do here, 
you're, we instantly kill you. <laughs> right. Like, right. I, Marsh, was it Marsh, or Willis McGay, he said that there was nothing to do here, the, the Dave and Busters. Because really, at the time, we did have the waterfront going. We really, all we did yeah. have was a Dave and Busters. Well, what, what was it? Uh, I, I recently watched, uh, for the, like the third time, that that ESPN series 30 for 30, The Four Falls of Buffalo. And, yeah. And who was talking about, who was it, who got drafted here? New York. Yeah, I'll go to New York. And he gets here. Thurman. It was it Thurman Thomas? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Thurman. And he's like, wait, where are the big buildings? Where, you know, <laughs> he thought New York was, you know, all of New York was like New York City. And, and but look, heck, he's still here. Well, since we're still on weather, I wanted to ask a couple questions yeah. here. Explain to the wind to me here in Buffalo, because it seems like it's windier than when I was a kid here. Well, what's going I, on? You know, I, I, that, this has happened to have been a very windy year. And last year was too. I mean, we had so many days where winds were, let's say you use 40 mile an hour winds as the benchmark. We had more days of 40 mile an hour winds than we've had in a long, long time. Um, I don't think there's any really rhyme or reason to it. I, it, you know, we had a big windstorm, of course, in uh, what was that early February? Yeah. Which, you know, 70 mile an hour winds. And, um, but I've heard that a lot from people that have lived here their whole life. Yeah. And it, it, the perception is that, you know, I, I, I think maybe you can go back and do a study and prove there has been an increase. I, I can't say I know that for sure, but I do know that at least the last few years have been rather windy. But this is a windy place. I mean, when you have a frictionless lake and mm -hmm. there's nothing between here and the North Pole but a, a chain link fence, you know, Air flows around here very smoothly and uninhibited by mountains or, you know, terrain. And, and the lake, you know, generates its own wind. So you're, that's why you see all the windmills here. You know, yeah. this is a windy place. You'd think we would have more of those. Yeah. No, well, they mess with our radar. So I like wind energy. I get it. It's clean energy. But it messes with uh, the radar. Yeah, because our radar beam hits these towers. And sometimes we think we see rain or a thunderstorm, but it's a windmill. Oh, wow. Time. But, but we're able to kind of filter that out. So, like, uh, it, I think calling the weather in Buffalo is kind of, um, it's kind of, like, funny. It, you could kind of give the weather with, like, a kind of an evil smirk on your face, like, it's going to snow, you know? Is there ever, yeah. like, some days you're just like, oh, I'm going to get them? When I was in Minnesota, I mean, weather there can be deadly. You get a lot more severe yeah. weather there than here. <clears throat> um, I mean, the weather, though, is serious business here. But, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's manageable, but it's extreme, too. I mean... Nowhere else really in the world has the setup that we have for lake effect snow. Nowhere. It's, it's unique to here. Um, the, the kind of summers that we have after such long, dismal winters are incredible. Um, we can get severe weather, as we all know. A couple, you know, we had a tornado last year, and two years ago we had the one in Hamburg. Yeah. Um, and, um, again, what fascinates me is snow and just the kind of snow that you can get here. And... and um, you know, we all know what happened in, in, in 2006 in October and, of course, 2014. And My liver's still feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of babies born nine months later. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we really don't have a spring this year, it seems. No. It's going to go right in April, and we're going to get April hot. April last year was awful. This April hasn't been great, but it ha last April was just the benchmark of just cruddy weather for April. It was just cold and snowy. And then it flipped. And that's what seems to happen here is that April teases us with a couple of nice little days and then it's back to this gloom mm -hmm. and then May happens and things usually flip. Um, and it, no sign of that happening, even though May is uh, upon us soon. It's going to I think it's going to be a slow advance into summer. It looks that way. Yeah. 
So, but that that also gives us our late summers where yeah. we have a we have, I tell people all the time October's great in Buffalo. Oh, October! And you can still golfing. Yeah, absolutely. October. And, and when we were uh, you know debating about you know the Bills schedule, it's like the NFL gods have to give us more home games in September and October, not only for the pleasure of the fans, but for the pleasure of television viewers elsewhere, because you know New Era Field presents really well. It's yeah, it light, does. it's colorful, it's bright, the sun, you get aerial shots and you see the lake in the background and it's it's like come on man. I mean these whereas I love the fact that we can play football here in harsh weather. That's more fun than anything. You, you know, you got to give us some love here, yeah. you know, cuz it can be awesome here even into early November. We we talk about the state, you know, the Bills in the stadium. They're yeah. saying downtown how is weather going to affect the stadium? Marky will tell you where we think it's going. Where, where do you, where do you think it's going? We think the Buffalo News is gone. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We, we Just, think the Buffalo News will be 86th, and that's where they're going to plop it right there, kind of like the, uh, the L.A. Chargers stadium. It's going to be a little makeshift. It's not going to be big. It's not going to be small. How is the weather going to affect playing football in an open-air stadium? Well, first of all, I'm one of the people that just – would despise a dome. Mm-hmm. I I I think football should be played outside. Um, yeah, uh, Minneapolis, you know, has had a dome, but before they built this, you know, the the uh, Metrodome, and now they've got this big palace. They played outside, and that was like yeah. real fundamental football. Um, now, if they, I, I hope wherever they go, or whether they stay there, you know, you keep it open air. Um, you know, downtown does get less snow than Orchard Park. Um, uh, but the wind currents can be very swirly here. I, I personally, I just, I like where it is. I like the tailgating experience in downtown. Uh, I, you know, I get it. A lot of cities now have their stadiums downtown. It, it, it's great for downtowns for the most part, um, for business wise. Right. I just personally, I, I live very close to the stadium, so I kind of like where it's. Yeah, at. you like it in your backyard. Yeah, yeah, but like people, like they when they come here, they think that's Buffalo. You know, like they pop in, they go to the game, and then they're gone. They don't re- really actually see anything. No, in fact, you know? I remember when I was in Minnesota and the uh, Vikings came to play the Bills, and the radio guys, then you know, came back and were like, "Yeah, I mean, we were in Buffalo, but there wasn't really anything there." And I'm, well, then I come to realize, well, no wonder because they went right from the airport to the stadium right to the stadium and never saw anything in between. Our luck is they'll probably put the stadium downtown. It'll be a twenty-yard field goal. To go to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and the, that wind will pick up, and the wind downtown will hurt us to go to the dance. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to <laughs> see that, maybe a luck. hybrid stadium. I just I just have that hope that baseball, you know, even if even if there could be a, a little part that they can play some exhibition games, like they're saying, like, we can't get exhibition games because our weather's too crappy, mm-hmm. you know, to bring down the Jays or anybody right. to come and play. So, like, if we got a dome, you know, we open ourselves up to, like, right. you know, just some cooler things. I get it. I get it. I just think one of the – I think you take some of the allure in the mystique of Bills football if it's indoors, personally. I mean, but then, it, yeah, it takes you out of the game, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know. That's a good point. Very good point. <laughs> yeah, we've also heard the Cobblestone District, too. Yeah. Right there on the water. Yeah. I, a lot of space down there. A lot yeah. of big parking lots. So, I don't know. I, I, I hope they keep it where it is. Yeah. But. I, I get it. I don't know. It's it's tough. I'd like to see kind of like a brick and mortar sports hall of fame where it is now mm-hmm. and just move it across the street. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, 
a lot of a lot of people say, oh well, Orchard Park depends on that. Eight days a year, really? Do you really depend on that? And yeah. I, I mean, I've I've walked around after uh, a home game. It's like none of the living dead. Sometimes <laughs> I, that's true. I mean, there isn't a ton. I mean, you've got a couple of bars and restaurants. You're right. I mean, it's more of the tailgating experience, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, there's not. I mean, Candlestick, uh, the new uh, baseball field in San Francisco. Candlestick was a ghost town. Then they build this new stadium. There's restaurants and bars all over the place. Yeah, that they haven't really replicated that here. But you're like you said, there's eight home games a year. It's it's hard to generate much around that alone. You talk about. Uh, the way weather factors in yeah. that old candlestick park, you always hear Pete Rose saying the wind oh, would crazy. come in and, and it would be hard to see the pitch. Oh, the wind was swirly there, and and you know, uh, a, a night game in July could be Arctic, yeah, because uh, of the cold fog. Uh, but yeah, the home games in San Francisco were legendary, also legendary for their low attendance. Yeah, for the Giants, I remember in the eighties, they would the, their moniker was Real Grass. Real sun, real baseball, and the other day, well, two out of three ain't bad you know, <laughs> because the 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 team was so bad. So these night games were nobody would go because it was so cold. So we're gonna shift from sports to music. Yeah. We watch your telegast, mm-hmm. uh, the midday show, mm-hmm. morning br- day break. Uh, you're always putting in fish lyrics, dead lyrics. <laughs> how did that? How did that start? Well, I've been a a fish fan for for a long time, and growing up in San Francisco, you, you're kind of a dead fan at birth because I literally lived 10 blocks from the Haight-Ashbury district. So I was a dead fan. And what happened was um, I knew, you know, the fish is from Vermont. So we're kind of and there's fish fans all over the world, obviously. But um, I kind of gathered that there were a lot of fans here. So I kind of played around with it. And then there was a Christmas promo that we did a couple years ago where they asked us to stand and quote somebody famous uh and most people did you know desmond tutu or um uh, you know um gandhi martin luther king or gandhi <laughs> you know these real pivotal uh people of history and notable quotes that represented the holiday season well i did a, a jerry garcia line from uh um sugar magnolias and i quoted a line from that song and it, you know the caption, you would I, I quoted the song and then it says Jerry Garcia, <laughs> and everybody else had these real more, you know, Hallmark card type things, and there was a really large response to that, like no way he's one of us. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I, this is kind of something that uh, some of the other meteorologists in the market, and we have a lot of good ones, uh, don't really do, and that's just kind of my little thing to incorporate. Uh, whether it's fish, the dead, or even a, 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 a genre of music that I really latched onto was yacht rock. Um, just growing up in that easy listening era of the late seventies, early eighties, I just it's a lot of the songs that you don't really want to admit you like, but deep oh, down yeah. you totally love. <laughs> right? Yeah, that, that kind of stuff. I want to know what love is. I had it on the other day. My wife looks at me. She goes, "What is?" Okay, wrong but that's with not you? that's not yacht rock. No, what no, is that? It's, on the yacht rock scale, that doesn't even. Okay, what's Yacht Rock? Yacht Rock is kind of easy listening, light rock from, let's say, 76 to 82. So would you put yes in there? No, 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 that's progressive. We're talking Steely Dan, Boss Gags, Kenny Loggins, Christopher Cross, Michael McDonald, the king of all Yacht Rock. Oh, okay, Uh, yeah. That, you know, stuff that your mom and dad listened to growing up, and then you just like, again, 
dude, I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really want to admit it. But... Music's great like that where you can have your own secret yeah. like playlist. Right. Like I have this Wailing Jennings playlist. Okay, okay. And people that know me are like, really? Wailing Jennings, Jimbo? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm that way with... um. With Frank Zappa, I love oh, Frank Zappa, man. Love Frank and Zappa. and a lot of people are like, "What? I don't get it." And I'm like, "You know what? You're not meant to get it." Yeah, uh, it's yeah. Some people think some of the songs are kind of corny and silly, but as a musician, he is pure 100% genius. Oh, one of the greatest master. master. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen to some of his songs like have sil- like sinister footwear is. This incredible guitar solo. Why did you call it Sinister Footwear? Yeah. Why did you call it, you know, um, uh, you know, Muffin Man or these crazy <laughs> song titles? But the music is just brilliant. Phenomenal. Yeah. How he he brought Steve Vai into it. Oh, and, uh, it was unbelievable. A, and to see the players that were with him, George Duke and, um, you know, who became a legendary keyboardist in the jazz world. Um, Steve I, like you said, um, Napoleon uh, Brock, uh, just all these great are. Oh, um, Terry Bozio, um, all these great musicians that also went on to other things. And to play with him was incredibly difficult. Like there's those old stories, and Steve I told one of these stories that he went to audition, and Steve I he goes, okay, I want you to play this note. And he goes, okay, but I want you to do it in like in sixteenths. And Steve Vai goes, well, that's impossible. And he goes, well, I heard Dion Warwick is looking for a guitarist. One ego trial. <laughs> and he's like, you can do it. And so it's like he only wanted the best to play with him. He actually, I was reading an article the other day. He actually, Don Pardo, the mm-hmm. the uh, Saturday Night Live announcer, yeah. Wasn't really famous till he met Zappa, and Zappa brought him on tour and did that whole yes. "I'm in the slime" thing right. with him. Put him on the album. Okay, that's right. Read into that. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, I've, I've definitely heard about that. So with Fish, did you, did you see him? Or oh did yeah. Somebody oh, like oh. well, like when it started. Oh, did somebody I, bring you a yeah, CD? Some, here's what happened. My buddy, uh, uh, my age, went to the University of Vermont. One of my best friends. Uh, I, we lived in California, and he went to UVM. And he would come back in the summers with a, um, with a, uh, um, a, you know, tapes of this band that played at like local bars and fraternity houses in Vermont. And it was Fish. And so this was like in 88. So that's when I started to kind of hear about them. And that's when, you know, Junta came out or Junta, whatever, how you ever yeah. pronounce mm-hmm. it. And Fee and Esther and You Enjoy Myself and all those songs. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. I seen him at The Odd, one of the last shows at The really? Odd. I was a yeah. little kid. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great it, it's show. It's just it's a great band. And I love the bands that every show's different. You never know what you're going to hear instead of those big concerts where there's a, the same set list every night, you know? Yeah. So was it seeing them that made you a fan or was it just, just that? No, playing them, but then seeing them too was, was I, I mean, I wish I had seen them more often. Um, but no, I, I just um, listening to all their live stuff. You know, they have so much live material out there. Um, but I mean, seeing them certainly helped. But uh, no, I've been a fan for for. And there's a there's a there's a lot of people that are fish fans that you wouldn't necessarily know are. You know, it's kind of one of those things that you. It's it's one of those things you get it or you don't. Mm-hmm. You know? But like, were you like living kind of like your own way? Like like you seen all the dead fans doing it? As was it kind of like your way of doing your thing, traveling, I, seeing them? Or? No, I. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, when Jerry died, the dead kind of. I mean, uh, fish kind of exploded because they became the the 
the next like touring band. Yeah. And um, the next, you know, kind of Grateful Dead sound in a way, jam band. Uh, but I, no, I, I, I personally, I found them to be a little bit more musically interesting, quite frankly, than, right. than that. As much as I like the Dead, I just, they were, they were just far more unique. Favorite that era? I kind of liked the, the when they did the album uh, in the web, which includes um, um, what's this? Oh God, um, Winton, Winton Marsalis played with them. Yeah, um, uh, Eye to the World is a great rendition. So I mean, I, I uh, there wasn't really a genre I liked, but I did kind of like when they got a little, they tightened it up a little bit, kind of in the mid to late seventies. I, I love the Brent. Mid, uh, yeah. Brett Midland. Brett Midland, yeah. Yeah, I love that era. Yeah. I love Dear Mr. Fantasy when they yeah. they would go off all that. And even their songs from the their live album, not their studio album, In the Dark, that true fans thought was too commercial. I thought there's some great songs. West End, West right. LA Fade Away and Throwing Stones. And, and it's like, you know, well, it sounds so corporate. It's like, it's still a good album. Yeah. I know? think it's a great album. I yeah. like Fish's studio albums better than I liked the like the live ones. I don't know. When they came out with all the colored discs. Yeah. And it was like, it was like so saturated. There was like so much. I was like, yeah, I'll just go back and listen to the studio ones. But the, the dad, I love well, the live. Well, their studio, though, they, they went when they did Hoist really was produced. You know, it had a horn section and it had background vocals. Mm -hmm. uh, that almost it was a great album but it kind of took them a little bit of a way from their organic live feel um but i but I, I hear what you're saying i but i there's some like there's a a live cd that i have from um <clears throat> i forget the, it was the seventh of the live series and i can't remember i think it was like 97 but it's got divided sky it's got um hairy hood it's got i mean it's just it's like a magical lineup of Every song I really want to hear, and it's yeah. like on that album. And they and they do great covers. They do. I mean, I always like to see them. I I, I see them at SPAC. I mm -hmm. I think that's the greatest concert mm -hmm. venue next to Pine Knob in Detroit, mm -hmm. which is another outside venue. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're when they were here, the one uh, at Darien Lake, they put Good Times, Bad Times. I love when they play that, and mm -hmm. I love when they come out and they do like. Uh, a special uh, themed, like the the uh, New Year's Eve, they did that progressive rock uh, oh, what band. Was, what was the name? Of, I like it had uh, a Y and an R and a K in there. Yeah. It was like a TV station. Yeah, what was that? Vodoscar. <laughs> uh, yeah, Vodosk, Yeah, something. And it was just kind of like you know. And then, then then you know they they've all done some of their independent stuff. I mean, uh, uh, Gordon has done his own stuff. Uh, Trey's, I think, some of his solo work is really good. Um, I mean, really good. Um, and then they also do, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a video from New Year's Eve, I think like 2016, 17, where they played uh, Petrichor, which is like the last song on their, their latest album. And they brought on all these dancers yeah. and these umbrellas, and it became this like theatrical performance. And it was amazing. They keep it fresh. They definitely do. Yeah. yeah. So, like with fish, you get to keep seeing them. Like it's still great. Yeah. And well, like, they they kind of it seemed like they broke up for a while, burned out a little, and then they came back uh, better and stronger. I mean, I know, um, I know at least Trey, you know, got sober. You yeah. Know, that was a big part of his uh, uh, 
you know, and he's open about that, I know. Um, and I'm not saying that's why they got back or why they played. I don't know, but I'm just saying the, the band kind of went through some struggles, but then they came back better than ever. Yeah, because, like, we're, uh, you know, is it better to burn out or fade away? And it's definitely fade away. Right. Because, you know, with the hip, you you see all that stuff, and now, like, whether you liked it or not, that's it. Right. That's all you get. Right. Could it, you talk about the hip? Can a band end any better than that? Yeah. Now, I did not completely understand, appreciate, and know enough about that band until till later. Until it, it came up. Till, right. And so, and I did not understand or value the passion oh. people had here. I've seen them 130 times, Oh, Pat. Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh I, it's like my dad slash right, fish. Right, right, You know? So now I don't know what to do. It's our summer family, you know. Like it was, and that's what that's what's cool about Buffalo is like mm-hmm. everyone's like, "There's nothing to do." It's like, yeah, well, wait till the summer breaks, and mm-hmm. there's something going on every night. Right. Um, so then when I I heard whether it was, uh, you know, Myers from the Buffalo News talking about uh, the importance of that band in in the history of music, and and just hearing all of the passionate fans here. Then I'm like, wow, I, you know, again, I was a relative newcomer to the band and newcomer to the area. So I, I, then I, then it hit me. He, he picked my wedding song backstage at a Cleveland show. Wow. Me and my wife met him. There's video of him. My no. buddy was sniping me. I was all over him. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I truly appreciate the band. No doubt. Is there a place for all you weathermen? Me? Is there a secret society? There, I would say not really, but I think there's a collective respect amongst all of us. And, and we chat back and forth here or there, message each other, um, which is kind of cool. Because I think, you know, it's just there's a good group of meteorologists here. But, you know, is there one little place that we like to hang out? But I know when I see them in public, it's awesome. But, yeah, I, 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 I can't really think of anybody I don't really speak to. I mean, it's not big, lengthy conversations, but... It's it's cool. It's it's there's a competitive spirit, of course, but there's also like, hey man, we're all out trying to spread the same message. So let's let's do it collectively. Well, when there's right that now. anchorman fight, you call us. We'll dip our hands <laughs> yeah. in glue. Hammer will be glass, yeah. Hammer we'll, will be throwing we'll glow sticks at people. That it'll be great. That um, movie just it's like a great wine. It just ages yeah. so well. <laughs> well, Patrick Hammer, a Buddhist prodigy, as they say. <laughs> uh, I'm a I'm a two. Two or four guy. I'm not a KBW guy, but I would work there. Buddhist project. All right, Fee. You you are putting yourself in a good position here in Buffalo. You're one of the best personalities on the local news. I hope you stick around and that we can put you in a group with Russert, Irv, Commander Tom, Bob Coop, Rick Azar. But um, I I hope you stick around. And uh, Patrick Hammer, thanks for doing this. And uh, you are now licensed to talk, brother. Hey, man. Thanks. Uh, I, I. Those people that you mentioned achieve a level I'll never get to, but uh, I appreciate that. You're on your way, Hammer. All right. Stick around. Thanks, dude. Thanks, guys.